0: Hi. So like two weeks ago, I uploaded a video onto my YouTube channel called Amber Heard is an unambiguous victim. And then I also uploaded the audio onto the different like streaming platforms and whatnot for my podcast. So this episode is going to be kind of like a bonus episode off of that episode, kinda like I did with my Max Landis video. If you watched that and then listen to the Lax Mandis podcast episode. Cause it's a very long video, uh, like two hours and forty-five minutes. But I definitely had some additional thoughts that I didn't really talk about in that one because it was so long, and also I wanted to keep it more like fact-based and not get into my own commentary quite as much. Obviously, my opinions are definitely still present in that video, but I mostly wanted to keep it limited to a stricter timeline of events and offer it as, like, a resource for anyone who didn't know a whole lot about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing or for anyone who does know a lot about it but is sick of explaining it to other people so they could have, like, something that they could just point other people in the direction toward, you know? So this episode's gonna have a more casual format, especially since the video that I uploaded does have a lot of comments on it. I thought that I could respond to some of those here. So I'm gonna read some of those comments throughout this episode. I'm not gonna say anyone's name while I do it because I don't know if you want me to, and I also don't know how to pronounce all of y'all's usernames. But I wanted to start this by saying thank you to everyone that's responded kindly and even thank you to those of you who responded not so kindly. I only got like a few passionate Johnny Depp defenders in the comments section and some of those comments were absolutely ridiculous, but all engagement helps the video and the algorithm, so go ahead like dislike tell me you loved it tell me you hated it and i'm a dumbass as long as you're doing it in the comment section you are helping me out but then i wanted to give another shout out to anyone who sent me clips or gave me suggestions for the um the content creators to include in the video because i have a couple different clips throughout the entire thing where i show parts from the Fairfax trial, but like through the lens of different content creators, commentaries or reactions to it from last year, because I knew before I started editing it that I wanted to do that to just show the trial, but through the lens of different rhetoric that was being pushed about it at the time, because I think that's how a lot of people consumed the trial is by watching these different, like, lawyer reacts and psychologist react videos. And that definitely played a part into the the idea that a lot of people got about the trial and about the allegations as a whole. Because there was really no way to pay attention to the Depth v. Heard saga last year that wasn't already being tainted by other people's opinions. There was just no way to watch it without internalizing some of the rhetoric that was already taking place online and rhetoric that was dominantly pro-Johnny Depp. So I wanted to integrate that into the video, and I, I think it it came together fairly well, but it was a pain in the ass to do because getting all of those clips required me to watch a lot, a lot of pro-Johnny Depp content and that was pretty painful especially as someone who has spent a lot a lot of time actually looking through these allegations and the evidence for them and who has grown to have a lot of compassion for Amber specifically (sighs) like just watching watching people glorify her abuser like that was uh it was gross and I didn't like doing that. So I definitely appreciate anyone who helped me alleviate that stress by telling me which creators to look into and who was saying which things about the case, because that helped me limit my research a little bit. So thank you for that. And then a lot of people commented and said that they're excited about part two. I'm currently working on it. I, I hope it should be out within like the next week, week and a half. It's going to now be a three-part series. I wanted it to just be two parts, but there's just so much to talk about that there's no way that I could do just two parts and have the second part not be like five hours long. So part two will be out somewhat shortly and then part three sometime after that but it was very nice to hear how many people were excited, not just because that means that you're looking forward to new content, but also because I didn't say anything about there being a part two until the very end of the video. So if you commented that, that means that you watched the whole thing, the whole like almost three hour video. That's very, very nice. Thank you for that. And if you're someone that's been following this trial for a while, um, I do need more clips for these upcoming videos, so anything that you want to send me, anything that you think I should know about or should be included, just let me know. Um, If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can just leave a comment there, or if you're listening to this somewhere else, um, or if you don't want to leave a comment on YouTube, you can just go to my website, medusani.com. There's my contact information there. So anything that you would like to see me include, just let me know. But also, especially if you know of any more like content creators or specific clips that you think might fit into some of the the coming videos, especially for part three, I'm gonna need a lot of TikToks on the topic because I didn't include any TikToks in the, in the first video. And I probably won't include any in the second part, but definitely for part three, which is where I'm gonna talk more about the trial itself and the the media spectacle around that, I'm gonna need TikToks. And that is a very, very big ocean of content to wade through. Also more body language expert react videos. If you have any favorites that you wanna send me, That would be great um, because the body language shit definitely played a huge role in the public discourse last year. So anything that like body language experts or other people who are just doing some sort of body language analysis on Amber and Johnny would be helpful. But also, I want to talk about that genre of content in general. So even any content that's not specifically related to Amber and Johnny, but just body language experts being wild? Let me know, send me clips, tell me who you think is like the best and the worst of the body language genre. I mean, I'm sure there are, there must be some more reasonable people in that entire genre of content, I would think, but I don't know because I can't say that any of the videos from body language experts I've ever watched have been very compelling to me. But, you know, I mean, it's it's a huge genre, so there's got to be some good ones, right? If you know of any, let me know, because I do. I want to show like a range of reactions and show that there is like that there wasn't just like one type of person or one type of content creator that was covering that trial, but that it was from a lot of different corners of the Internet, including like from people who are full-on grifters and just wanted to exploit this spectacle for money. And then there are people who are maybe more, like, legitimately qualified to talk about this case, but then chose to do it in a way that was still really uneducated and uninformed and uh, bad. So I I do want to show a range there. And, you know, I'm sure there were even more, like, reasonable people than I'm, I'm aware of. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. But I do overall want to show more people representing the mutual abuse camp. Um, It's kind of hard to find that kind of commentary because people who are extremely pro-dep are a lot easier to spot because they'll name their videos things like... 10 times Amber Heard was proven to be a liar or something like that. So, you know, going into those videos, I know exactly what their take is going to be. Whereas the mutual abuse stuff typically ends up in more vaguely titled things. So it's literally just harder to find, though I know that that commentary definitely did exist. And I really want to include a lot of people who bought into the pro-Johnny Depp propaganda that are otherwise like respectable likable people because you know there's always going to be like corners of the internet where you can find people with totally extreme and illogical opinions but the most horrifying thing for me about that trial was the amount of people who i otherwise like and who make content that i otherwise do enjoy who were still giving really uninformed commentary on it So please let me know, maybe, like, in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube, let me know, like, which content creators you were the most disappointed by. Not people who were just egregiously awful, but people who should have known better. And I'll talk about my own thoughts on that in this episode. But some specific rhetoric I want to show people spreading. If anyone knows of any examples of where I can find this, Um, I want to show people saying that Johnny Depp has no history of violence or abuse. Um, I think I at one point heard Moist Critical saying that. I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to go back and check. But if anyone knows of anyone else who might have spread that talking point, that would be really helpful. Or... um, anyone saying that everyone believed Amber right away in 2016 or that Johnny Depp's reputation was instantly ruined, Uh, especially anyone who's gone on to talk about other cases of alleged domestic violence or sexual violence and said something like, Well, hold on, let's not make assumptions. You remember what happened to Johnny Depp, and then that was all proven to be false. You know, something like that. I've definitely heard that talking point a lot. I just don't remember, like, from who. And then anyone who said that Johnny Depp, prior to the Fairfax trial, hadn't been able to tell his side of the story, because that was a big talking point that I heard, that like, this is the first time Johnny has ever spoken out about the allegations. This is the first time he's telling his side of things, which was not fucking true but anyone saying that would be really helpful or this one is even more specific um people falling for the lesbian cop story you know how um amber was arrested and then Tasia said that she thought that the arrest she she got some vibes of like misogyny and homophobia and then johnny depp's team brought that airport security officer out and was like but she's a lesbian, so how could it have been homophobic? Because the woman who arrested Amber was a lesbian, even though that was an airport security officer and not a police officer. And Amber has very clearly on record said that the person who arrested her was a man. Whatever. Anyone who pushed that idea that that somehow contradicted Tassia's story, that would be really helpful for one part of my video. I feel like... And this is why I'm looking for this clip in particular. I feel like I heard Hassan Piker, Hassanabi. I think I heard him say that. I don't know where I heard him say that. And this is the problem with, like, fucking Twitch streamers and stuff who followed this trial. Because it's not like there's, like, one video that I can go back to to see his commentary. It's spread out across, like, weeks of content of his for... Twitch streams that last, like, I don't even fucking know, like, eight hours per episode. I I don't know. But I have a memory of someone commenting something in his chat and saying, like, oh, but Tasia said that she felt like Amber was just arrested because of homophobia or something. And then Hassan responded and was like, yeah, but the person who arrested her was a lesbian. So that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, okay, well, first of all. Uh, no that that isn't even what happened but also i just this is the thing about these content creators where i'm like you're not that dumb hasan i really don't think that he is that fucking stupid especially as like a leftist commentator who knows a lot about like power dynamics and internalized bigotry and stuff like that like i don't think that hasan piker would ever think that a black police officer wouldn't be capable of anti-blackness, and yet when this idea that Amber Heard was arrested by a lesbian, which she wasn't, but the idea that she was, that that somehow negates the idea that there was any sort of homophobia motivating that arrest, like, I don't get how he can get behind that logic when he should know better. He fucking knows better. And also, he's well-educated in, like, debate rhetoric and logical fallacies, so I really don't understand how he doesn't spot the fallacy involved in thinking that Amber being arrested by a lesbian means that Tasia was wrong about never experiencing abuse in that relationship, you know? Like, Tasia could be wrong about the motives for why Amber was arrested, and that wouldn't mean that she was wrong when she said that Amber wasn't abusive to her. You know, it's just stupid to make that leap and to think that one thing necessarily has to negate the other when they're kind of separate but related ideas. Tasia saying that Amber wasn't abusive to her and Tasia saying that Amber was arrested with some homophobic intentions, you know? Like, they're related, but one of those things can be wrong without negating the other thing. So, it's just, it's stupid. And yeah, by the way, um, this is a very, very unscripted episode, so I will go off on tangents, but that was just something that's always bothered me, even before I realized that Amber was arrested by a man and not a lesbian. It's still, it's like, who fucking cares? That's not the point. So anyway, if anyone has a clip of some dumbass saying something like that, uh, let me know. And then one other thing, one specific thing that I'm looking for is uh, people saying that Amber was dressed in court like Johnny Depp or like was trying to dress like him, like she wanted to match outfits with him. That was a weird thing that I kept seeing online on like Twitter. And I don't know if there's any content creators saying that because that would be more helpful to get someone like saying it out loud instead of just showing it on a tweet but i know that that was a thing that a lot of people were saying at the time was that amber was trying to match johnny's outfits oh god it's so stupid it's like when you really zoom out and you look at all the shit that people were saying last year it's all so fucking stupid anyway for the rest of this episode i want to just kind of go through the video and take it like in chronological order and offer just some additional commentary so the video started with um of a content warning for one thing and i i don't know i guess it'll depend on how how my next two videos go as far as what i decide to include from them i don't know maybe next time i'll make the content warning a little bit stronger because i did get a comment about the um amber's Uh, testimony in Australia and how painful that was to listen to and that someone would have liked an additional trigger warning for that. So I might think about that more next time. Um, And I I do agree. I'll talk about that once we get to that part of the video. But um, I was very unsure going into it how much I wanted to warn people about certain things and how much I wanted to include because I, I definitely get that this is like a very, very sensitive topic. So I, I don't want to, like, trigger anyone or anything like that. But I also don't want to. Um, I don't want to, like, sugarcoat it at all. And I don't want to make all of this seem less severe than it was. And there's that's a very hard line to walk is, like, not unnecessarily making this, like, torture porn kind of or making it super exploitative of the topics that we're talking about, but at the same time emphasizing to people like when you see people doing commentary and making jokes about this trial, this is the stuff that they're talking about. It's like really, really horrendous abuse that is actually really, really sad and should be upsetting to people instead of funny. So I don't want to not include stuff like that, like Amber's testimony in uh, or about Australia, because that that was just is so, it's so horrendous. It is a very very hard clip to watch, but I'm also I think it's a clip that a lot of people need to see to completely contextualize what happened last year and what people were making these jokes about. But I might include some additional warnings with some of that harder stuff. Uh, In the next two, though, I don't know that part two is going to have a whole lot of upsetting stuff quite like that. Maybe a little. We'll see. And then I also wonder if I should have put a disclaimer in like the following little section where I'm talking about how well I said something about how like even totally reasonable people came to the conclusion that Amber was an abuser or that Amber was a contributor to mutual abuse. And I feel like I should have maybe put a disclaimer that like not all of the clips that I'm going to show throughout this are from people that I find to be all that reasonable. Some of these people just fucking suck full out. Um, And I don't know. I didn't want to like just go into details of like, here are the people that I'm disappointed made this commentary. And here are the people that I'm not fucking surprised. But there definitely are some clips because I like I rolled into some clips right afterward when I said like even totally reasonable people fell for this bullshit and then I used some clips where I'm like I don't want people to think that some of these content creators are included in my batch of reasonable people but I I do want to say that there were a lot of reasonable people that fell for this shit and that is the most upsetting thing about this case for me and I even I showed at the beginning of this at that video uh, some stuff that I had said like last year and stuff that I'm really not proud of um my my little my little fall into the anti amber camp was pretty pretty brief especially compared to other people I did snap out of it rather quickly but it is definitely really upsetting to me that I fell for it at all and I I feel really really bad about it and the thing is so I I showed my descent into that from like 2017 to 2022. And the thing that I showed that I think was like the worst was like two Instagram stories that I made where I, I said that Amber Heard wasn't included in my version of sisterhood um, because of some of the stuff that was coming out or stuff that I had seen on like social media, because I really wasn't even paying that close of attention to the trial, to be honest with you. Um, I think the ironic thing about it is that I wasn't paying attention to the trial that closely because I had been so involved in like the free Britney stuff. And I had gotten so deep into that that when it came to, like, this other big pop culture thing, I was like, I just need a break. I just need to not fall super deep into some other, like, celebrity trial thing, especially something that does relate pretty heavily to misogyny. Because even when I didn't believe Amber or that I thought that she was maybe hiding certain things... I still could recognize that a lot of the ways that people were talking about her was incredibly misogynistic and bad. And I think I just wasn't fully ready to completely interact with that topic at that time because of the amount of like emotional labor that I had already put into talking about Free Britney so much. But then that is very disappointingly ironic because by not going deeper into the allegations and by not believing Amber... I contributed to a very misogynistic hate campaign that I think even outstretches what Britney Spears ever faced. Like, Britney Spears has been such a victim of misogyny and patriarchy to a huge degree in pop culture, especially in the 2000s. But at least, like, at least people weren't mocking her accounts of, like, being raped. Like, I really don't know that I've ever seen any woman be as disparaged and as dehumanized en masse as Amber Heard was last year. It got so fucking bad. So my apologies to Miss Amber. Uh, She's never going to listen to this. But if you do, Amber, I'm very, very sorry. And I wish I hadn't done it. And the thing is, is that I knew I knew that I was doing something kind of shitty even when I did it. I think I think that was in the back of my head somewhere because of the fact that I fucking remembered that I had those Instagram stories. I mean, Instagram stories disappear after 24 hours. So it's not something that I think anyone else would have remembered that I did or even have noticed, especially because like last year and still now uh, most of the people that follow me on Instagram are like my own friends and family. So I don't think that they really thought anything of it. And I don't think It wasn't something that anyone was ever going to hold against me, but I remembered doing it. And I remembered doing it because when I typed it, I felt kind of weird about it. And I thought about it a lot for a long time, especially when I was doing research into all of this. I was like, oh, God, why did I make those fucking Instagram stories? That was so gross. So I remembered that they were there, and that's how I was able to go and find them and screenshot them and put them in the video. But in my defense... I wrote that on an Instagram story that lasts 24 hours and that, again, no one was following me at the time. I really can't imagine having a platform the size of some of these content creators who were talking about this trial and then still not doing the research or just talking about it in a way that was super casual and flippant without knowing 100% what I was talking about. Like, it just... The thing that really gets me is not even just that all of these people were wrong to talk about Amber in this way, but some of these people were just so ginormously irresponsible in not educating themselves before they talked about it. Like, the big one for me, who I've included a couple clips from in the video, was Dr. Honda from Psychology in Seattle. I'm a big fan of psychology in Seattle. I'm a patron. I'm still a patron. Uh I have I have a little like postcard thing that they sent me for being a patron on my fridge. And yeah, Dr. Honda's commentary was incredibly disappointing and just ridiculously irresponsible. And in a way, I understand. Some of the commentary that he was giving, because he's kind of said after getting some pushback from it that like, oh, I was just reacting to the, the trial itself. Like, I'm just reacting to what's put in front of me. I didn't do like extra research on this case. And maybe I should have said that before I started my videos that like, I'm just going off of the trial and... I'm not saying anything about the overall allegations, even though he did later say stuff about the overall allegations, like in his later videos, or he was like reading comment reactions. He said what his take on the entire case was, Uh, but I get that. Like, yeah, if you only watched the trial, I can see how you would come away with a specific kind of idea about Amber and Johnny's relationship, because really not only was there so much information and so much evidence precluded from being heard by the jury, also just like performance-wise, Johnny Depp has a lot of money and he had a lot better of resources, so he could he could pay the best of the best attorneys to kind of make Amber Heard's local Virginia attorneys who didn't have any sort of experience with that kind of big high-profile case, they could make them look dumb, and in, in turn they could make Amber's side look weaker, even though Amber had more evidence on her side. Her team just wasn't able to really stand up to the gigantic force that Johnny Depp's money and influence could buy. And Johnny Depp is incredibly skilled as a manipulator, Uh, like not even necessarily in a bad way. I mean, it is bad because of how he uses it. But like there are certain people who are very, very charming and who are good at being a celebrity. Really, that's what Johnny Depp is good at. He's good at being a celebrity because he is charming and he knows how to use his charisma to get people to be on his side. And that's what makes him a good celebrity. It's what makes him a good witness on a stand. It's part of the reason that his testimony was as effective as it was. It's not because he was telling the truth. It's not because he had the most evidence on his side. It's because he was very, very calculated in how he presented his side of the argument. And he did it in a very, very skilled way because he's good at being a manipulator. And that's also the thing that makes him a good abuser, really. This is the role that Johnny Depp was like born to play. And I get how a lot of people were seduced by him if they only watched the trial, especially if they didn't read into the UK trial and realized how much Johnny's story had changed between the UK and the US because he said a lot of stupid shit in the UK and then realized when he didn't win that case that he needed to course correct a little bit. So I get why someone like Dr. Honda could watch the trial and come to the conclusion that he came to and offer the kind of commentary that he offered because he was only watching the trial. And really, I think he was only watching clips. I don't know that he actually watched the entire thing. But regardless, while I understand how he came to some of the conclusions he came to based off the data that he sought out, I don't understand why he offered that commentary without seeking out other data, you know? Like, for something this large, I mean, anything that involves abuse allegations, you probably just shouldn't speak on it unless you do a little bit more research and you look into all of the evidence, not just the evidence that's presented in one fucking trial, but especially in this case where Amber was... Just so viciously being torn apart on social media and in such a misogynistic way that I think that this case in particular required quite a lot more sensitivity and quite a lot more scrutiny from someone who has a very large audience and who is going to be talking about the case on their channel. And I'll say that I like Dr. Honda overall. As I said, I'm still a patron. I'm still giving him my money. But I think that clip of him saying the, I don't understand how people are saying this is bad for women when people say that, I always think, did they even watch the trial? That clip to me is the most infuriating clip in the entire fucking video. It's one of the most infuriating things I've ever seen related to this case. And it's infuriating because it comes from someone who I think should know better. I mean, for one thing, the trial was literally being used for right-wing propaganda, like unambiguously, the Daily Wire was paying tens of thousands of dollars to run anti-Amber propaganda on social media because they want to undermine the entire Me Too movement. So this whole thing about like, Dr. Honda can't see how the trial could possibly be bad for Me Too or something, like, what are you talking about? Even if all of the stuff that was presented in the trial was like completely just fact-based and unmanipulated information, which it wasn't. But even if you still did just come to the conclusion that Amber and Johnny were involved in a mutually abusive relationship, the trial and the way that it was made into this spectacle online was always bad for me, too. And in a very, very, like, structured, calculated way, this was part of people's plan, was to use things from the trial to undermine Amber Heard's story to then try to undermine the entire Me Too movement and push propaganda about, like, how women shouldn't be trusted and we should think twice about any sort of Me Too allegation. Like, I don't know if Dr. Honda and other people who were saying stuff like that just weren't paying attention to what was happening online, but it's pretty clear that there were a lot of bad actors using this trial to push right-wing propaganda. Like, you you just can't get around it. Even if you think that Amber Heard was abusive to Johnny, it's still the way that it was propagated and proliferated on social media was bad and was bad for women, period. But then also, just this entire thing about, like, did you even watch the trial? Or people who think that this trial is bad for women probably didn't actually watch it. Like that whole line of reasoning is just fucking stupid because trials by nature are not reliable sources of information. They are supposed to be manipulative. That's like the entire point is you have two sides who are trying to manipulate a jury into siding with them. And they will take information out of context and they will twist things around in a way that isn't appropriate. And the judge, prior to anything actually being presented to a jury, the court itself is going to limit the amount of information that even can be presented. So just right off the bat, when you look into the information that's presented to a jury and that's presented before a court, you're seeing a very, very limited set of data. Every single thing that gets presented goes through a filter of a court and a judge and lawyers on different sides. And in this case in particular, all of that definitely needs to be looked at with more scrutiny, considering the fact that Johnny Depp has 300 times the amount of money that Amber Heard does. And he's also way more famous and way more experienced in media matters and controversies, because he's been in quite a few... So he walked into that courtroom with a huge, huge advantage that should not be discounted and should not be overlooked just to be like, well, I watched the trial and this is the conclusion I came to. Like, fuck the trial. That's not a good source of information. And I don't understand how smart people like Dr. Honda don't get that. All right, whatever. Moving on. The first clip from the trial that I showed was Amber talking about how she first met Johnny. And there's not a whole lot of commentary that the people that I was showing the clip from were offering. I think it was from, like, the Legal Bites channel. And she had, like, a lot of lawyers, I I guess lawyers, in quote, reacting along with her. They didn't say anything, really, during that clip. And that will actually be... A pattern that that happens throughout the video is that when Amber is giving her testimony, either people are contradicting her or they're just not paying attention. Or when like a witness for Amber's side is giving their testimony, people aren't paying attention or focusing on like the wrong things And that. That's a very telling part, like a lot of people commented about how Emily Baker, when There was the part with Rocky talking about how Johnny had been super angry and aggressive during the Hicksville incident. Emily is like getting gummy bears out of her desk and then says at one point, like, oh, this is still talking about the Hicksville incident. I forgot. Sorry, I'm bored. It's like, what? Girl, I I just don't understand, because even in that clip that they were showing from Rocky's deposition... Or not her deposition, but, like, her her cross-examination or whatever. There is relevant information for the case there. It's not, like, totally irrelevant information that you don't need to pay attention to. It's stuff that directly relates to what Amber's witnesses saw Johnny do and how he acted in front of them in ways that were indicative of abusive, violent behavior. Like, it's not something... There's just no reason to say that you're bored by it. You know, it's something that you actually really should be paying attention to if you're pretending to be this neutral voice in this case. And then when I showed the clip of Johnny talking about how Amber was younger than him. And so she, it was weird that he was being lectured by her all the time. Like that, when I heard that was like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird thing to think of your partner that like, oh, she's so much younger than me. Why is she acting like she has some authority over my decisions? Like I get maybe saying like, oh, she was always bossing me around or something. I mean, she was telling you not to do a whole bunch of drugs. I think that was pretty reasonable considering you're a drug addict, but whatever. I get that there's some idea there of amber was bossy and authoritative and maybe that could indicate some abusive behaviors from her but he preempts it by being like and i thought it was weird because i was so much older than her it's like he's just kind of admitting there that he knew there was a power imbalance in the relationship when it started and he was upset that it wasn't benefiting him more that is such a weird thing for him to have said. And the people who I saw reacting to that just weren't acknowledging it at all. Emily was trying to do this whole thing where she's like, oh yeah, he's basically saying like, I'm 50. How did I get here? It's like, no, that's not really what he's saying. He did mention his age, but he's not just being like, oh, I'm 50. How did I get here? He's saying like. At the time, I was in my 40s, and I have a girlfriend who's in her early 20s. She shouldn't be bossing me around. Like, that's the subtext of what he's talking about. And you're just conveniently ignoring it to be like, wow, look at him, 50 years old. How did he get into this position? Like, we know how we got there, by being a fucking asshole. But anyway, and then the other person, I don't know who this individual was. Um, I saw him come up a couple times. Is this, like... I forget, there's like Nate, the lawyer, and then there's the umbrella person. I don't, I don't remember, but it was someone on one of the Legal Bites videos. And he, he's literally just being like, wow, he's so captivating. I'm just so taken by everything he says. I'm listening to every word. It's like, okay, you're listening to every word, but you missed the part where he just basically said that his girlfriend was younger, so she should shut up. What? What? oh, it's just so gross the way that people fawn over him and ignore every single red fucking flag and then also conveniently ignore every testimony that doesn't benefit his side. It's so, it's so transparently biased. I don't get how any of these people can pretend that they went into this with, like, any sort of neutrality. I... <laughs> It's awful. And I do understand in a way how you could get to that position in terms of being someone who's doing these like live reactions, because if you're a content creator who primarily does live streams, you're going to be responding or at least sort of looking at and internalizing the commentary that's coming from your live chat. And that's going to affect the way that you proceed and the way that you you conceptualize everything that you're talking about and watching. And at that time, a lot of the people in those live chats were very, very pro-Johnny. I, not even like, I would say probably 99%, if not like 100% of the comments that were rolling in to those those videos were just people supporting Johnny and calling Amber Heard a liar. And even if you went into that content as a creator with the intention of being neutral, that's going to affect the way that you even just view the case because you're seeing the commentary of people who are so unabashedly pro-Johnny. You're just going to subconsciously develop a bias. So I get that in a way, but there are also things that some of these people said that there's just no real explanation for other than they they just wanted to pander to a certain audience and they knew that they were doing it. So, like, I know on the Depth Delusion subreddit, they have that flair that's, um, grifter alert. And so anytime somebody posts something or says something pro-Johnny or anti-Amber, they'll get put into that, that flair. And honestly... I do think that that label is a little unfair for some people because they aren't all grifters that were anti Amber. Some of them were very, very genuine. I think there's maybe like three to four main groups of people that were doing these commentaries. So the first, I think, is someone like Dr. Honda, who I will give the benefit of the doubt to in that I think he was sincerely trying to give good commentary and wasn't trying to be super biased in one side or the other, but who was being very irresponsible in the fact that he was providing commentary at all without being educated on the subject. And then group two were the people that were like just blatantly misogynistic and gross and were very clearly using this event to push some agenda to doubt female victims of domestic or sexual violence and those people suck and then there's group three who is like a kind of i mean frustrating but not necessarily evil and that's people who are just kind of dumb not necessarily dumb overall in all areas of life but people who did not really understand the thing that they were watching and didn't understand how how the law works how domestic violence can work and how abuse can manifest and abuse behaviors and that's why Darvo is so effective in a way because a lot of people don't get how reactive People in abusive situations can be and how that can sometimes look like abusive patterns in and of itself. And that's also why I think this like body language expert content is so damaging because a lot of people don't have the education to know that body language experts aren't like a real thing. I mean, you can call yourself a body language expert all you want, but body language analysis is just not accurate and it is definitely very pseudoscientific. Obviously, nonverbal communication is a thing, and there are things that we can glean from people's body language and their nonverbal signals to the world, but overall, body language expert content should be looked at with a lot of skepticism because they base their work off of these very incorrect ideas about what someone's body language necessarily means that it often does not mean. But a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people don't understand that there's no such thing as a lie detector. So there's there's just a lot of... Very, very manipulative information that gets out around trials like this that a lot of people are taken by because they don't have the context to actually understand what they're looking at. And that's probably why trials like this shouldn't be fucking televised, because, yes, there are benefits to having transparency in the court system, and there are benefits to everyday people having access to information about what's happening in different court cases— if a bunch of information from a trial is just thrust onto the public that doesn't have the knowledge or the education to properly interpret that information, then that's just a recipe for danger. So yeah, that was another group, just people who watched this trial and didn't have the knowledge to actually look at what they were being presented with any amount of scrutiny, and that's something that, it's one of the reasons that Morgan Tremaine's Testimony bothered me so much. Morgan Schmain was the guy from TMZ, and he came onto that that stand and said a whole bunch of bullshit that I can spot because I happen to be someone who is educated on TMZ specifically for some reason. I I know a lot about TMZ. Um, But also someone who knows about like media law and copyright and shit. And that's not something that everyday citizens necessarily know. So when Morgan Tremaine gets on stand and he says shit like, oh, yeah, we didn't have any any paparazzi people stationed at the courthouse. So somebody tipped me off that Amber Heard was going to be there. Maybe it was Amber. I mean, he didn't even say that. That's the thing that drives me nuts about that that testimony is that Morgan Tremaine doesn't actually make any allegations about Amber. He just says things that are pretty much true, but in a manipulative way so that other people who don't know what he's saying can think that like, oh, that must mean that Amber was the one to tip off the paparazzi. It's like, no, he is right that there are not paparazzi people stationed at the LA courthouse but there definitely are court reporters for TMZ who stay in that courthouse and go through files and who probably literally just saw Amber Heard walk into the building and then called Morgan Tremaine. Like, that's not weird. That is a very, like, standard practice thing to do. And then he says the stuff about copyright and like, oh, TMZ wouldn't have been able to publish any sort of videos unless they they got it cleared by the copyright holder who would be the person that made the video so that leads people to think like oh and they they published that video that amber heard recorded in her kitchen she must have been the one to send it to them because how would they have the right to publish it without amber sending it to them and it's like well that's not really how that fucking works though because that's not really first of all it's not like a creative artistic work so the copyright laws are going to be a little bit less strict on that And also it corresponds to a news story that was already public. It is a newsworthy piece of media. So they have a right to publish it whether or not they get the copyright approval or not. And that's not something that I think a whole lot of people know, but you know who I think does fucking know it? content creators, big YouTubers who benefit from fair use all the fucking time. How do they understand fair use when it benefits their own channel and yet don't understand it when Morgan Tremaine is trying to imply that TMZ must have gotten Amber Heard's permission to publish that video? Like, it's stupid. And that's what brings us to group four, is all of the people who I think are actual grifters who knew fucking better than the things that they were saying and said it anyway because they knew that it would make them money like you're really gonna tell me that all of these law tubers who were reacting to the trial didn't catch on that TMZ could publish that video without Amber Heard's permission none of them knew that I mean sure I don't think any of them were like specialized in copyright law maybe some of them where i don't know what any of these lawyers specializations were but they at least should know enough to know that morgan tremaine's testimony was fucking bullshit and none of them called him out on it and it's fucking infuriating okay whatever going back to the actual chronology of the video which i was trying to stay in line with but uh the next like creator that I showed after some of the beginning stuff with Johnny's testimony about Amber's age and Amber talking about when she first met Johnny, um, I played a little bit of a video from a YouTuber named Swoop. Now, I've never watched Swoop's content before, Um I I think I've like seen her before. She looks familiar. So I'm sure that I have like some familiarity with her content, but I've never like watched a video before. And I, I watched a little bit of her Johnny Depp commentary. From what I understand, because multiple people said this to me when they were first suggesting Swoop's content to look into. And then also someone commented on my video and said that um, they had to stop watching Swoop after this because they were so disappointed by her her reactions to the trial. A-, a lot of people were very disappointed in Swoop because I guess she is someone who does talk about, like, abuse or um, sexual or domestic violence or something a lot. And she often stands up to bullies. And so this was particularly upsetting for a lot of her her following, who was not down with the Johnny Depp propaganda. And yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that because even though I don't watch Swoop, I definitely do relate to that reaction to other people who are making content about this, including, you know, I, I already talked about Dr. Honda. And yeah, someone, like I said, said that they had to stop watching Swoop because of all this. And I I I didn't fully get to that point with anyone. I mean, I guess Emily D. Baker, I just sort of fully gave up on. I can't say that I was ever like a super big fan of hers prior. I watched some of her stuff with the Free Britney movement and I appreciated her because this is the thing for me with Emily. I think she does fall into that category of actual grifters because I don't think Emily D. Baker is dumb. I think that she knows way more than she presents herself as. I think that she very knowingly, or at least like semi-consciously, was leaning towards the depth end of things in a calculated move to appease her audience. I I just don't I don't think that she's as dumb to say some of the things that she said, which were actually stupid, and I'll get to that. But even when I think she's not fully grifting There was some stuff with the Free Britney movement when I was following her coverage on that, that like she just said some stuff that wasn't totally accurate. And it wasn't things that I thought were like a huge, huge deal. It didn't completely turn me off to her, but I did think it was a little disappointing because specifically she was on Philip DeFranco's show and he asked her a question about if um Brittany's father had the legal right to put her in a mental health facility against her will and she just said yes, and that's not fully correct. I mean, he has this is the thing with conservatorships, is like he had so much control over her life overall that he could really kind of remove privileges or affect her life in such a way that he could coerce her into basically doing anything to the point that Brittany may have technically consented to go to a mental health facility even when she didn't really want to because he just controlled so much of her life that he could take away things from her as like a punishment if she didn't go. So that's very coercive, but that is maybe technically legal. Uh, but overall, Emily said that like, oh, yeah, that's just a right that conservators have is they can force any sort of medical or mental health treatment onto their ward. That's not true. It's just not it, not at least in the kind of conservatorship that Britney was in, because she was in a probate conservatorship, in an LPS conservatorship, things are a little bit different, but that's not what Britney was in. And so I just it it's not again like a huge deal. It's not like a huge thing that she got wrong, but it is something that she did get wrong, and on a platform that that millions of people watch, you know, Philip DeFranco's a big show, and people think that she knows what she's talking about because she has this label of like, I'm a lawyer. I I have experience in in law, so I must I must know every the answer to every question that someone asks me about law. But the fact is, is I don't think that she really has any experience in the probate court, so she really isn't even an expert in that field, and she's probably not someone that Philip DeFranco should have been asking those questions to. But she's a very, very big law tuber, so There's an assumption that she's going to be giving out accurate information to people, and she just isn't always. And I wish that she at least had a little bit more humility to just say sometimes, I don't know about some things, you know, or at least like look into it before you go on the Philip DeFranco show, you know, see what he's going to ask you. And then when he asks you those things, come with some fucking research, because if you had just done one Google search, you would have known that in a probate conservatorship, Jamie Spears did not have the right legally to force Britney into a mental health facility. And and that just something that always bothered me a little bit where I, you know, and it's not like, I don't want it to sound like I'm criticizing people for being wrong about stuff. I'm wrong about stuff all the time. Someone pointed out in the comments of the video that uh, I said something about Amber's dog Boo and then apparently put up a a photo of her dog Pistol. So I was wrong. And I, I get stuff wrong sometimes. I'm just a person. But... If you're going on Philip DeFranco's show to talk about the legal restrictions put on Britney Spears' conservatorship, I would expect you to at least demonstrate an understanding of the difference between an LPS conservatorship and a probate conservatorship. I just don't think that's too much to ask, especially when you're holding this moniker of I'm a lawyer, so I know about these things. So yeah, Emily, I already had some misgivings about just from some of her prior content, but... The Depth v. Heard thing really sealed it for me. I don't think that I will really be watching her very much going forward. But there are plenty of other content creators who said and did stuff that I found really disappointing during all this that I haven't sworn off their content. I'll keep watching, but even then, it definitely did put a strain on my relationship to their content, even with Dr. Honda. Like I like I said, still giving him my money, but I I did watch his stuff and listen to his podcast quite a lot less after after the Amber Heard thing. I but I I still do listen and I I do still like him and I also hope I have hope for a lot of these people that maybe maybe now that more people are coming around to Amber's side of things that some of these creators will publicly talk about changing their minds and looking into it a little bit further. That would be really really nice. So I have hope for some of these people. Um, I don't know about Swoop in particular because I don't, I didn't watch her prior. But uh, yeah, I would say that if you were a fan of her, maybe it, that's salvageable. I don't know. But the clip that I used of her was one where she was reacting to Johnny's texts with Paul Bettany about Amber, you know, the ones where he said that he wanted to fuck Amber's burnt corpse or whatever, and she, she didn't. The whole thing of like, oh, that could just be a trauma response, yada yada. I I didn't want to bog the video down with too much information, but there are so many other text messages where Johnny is talking about Amber in that way. Like saying that he hopes that she's rotting in the back of a truck somewhere, like her corpse is rotting. It's just gross. And then also just other stuff about other women that he talks really, really badly about, like really, really misogynistic language that he uses semi frequently to the point that you can't you can't say that that's a trauma response. That's just how he talks about women. Moving on, I talked a little bit about how Johnny exerted a lot of control over Amber's life, like wanting her to quit acting and just become financially dependent on him, and then also fired her prenup lawyer, and then fired her postnup lawyer, and then hired all of his or hired all of her doctors, but under the care of his doctor, Dr. Kipper, and then even sent an email saying that like he was the client ultimately, and Amber was just supposed to be on different like mood stabilizers to calm her down and take take her annoyance off of him like there's just so many ways that Johnny controlled Amber's life that does not get talked about and I think that that should be a huge emphasis when we're trying to talk about like whether or not this was mutual abuse Amber didn't have the kind of power in the relationship to be capable of mutually abusing Johnny. She did not control his doctors. She did not own all 14 of their properties that were his properties, none of which she took with her in the divorce. And I don't know, I I didn't talk about it a whole lot in the video, but this idea that Amber Heard was a gold digger. Johnny was trying to get her to quit her job constantly and was constantly trying to give her like credit cards That he paid for so that she wouldn't ever be spending her own money. There are audio recordings of her saying that, like, she couldn't afford to stay in hotel rooms all the time. Every time they fought, like, whenever they would fight, he had the option of moving to any one of his other 14 properties. She didn't have any place else to go that wasn't already owned 100% by Johnny. And this is, that's a big part of the abuse, for one thing that Amber's entire life revolved around her marriage. But also, I always see people say stuff like, oh, if it was so bad, like, why didn't she just go to a hotel? Why didn't she stay somewhere else? And like, I think because Amber is an actress who's been in a lot of well, not in a lot, in a couple big movies, and she was married to Johnny Depp, so people have seen her on red carpets and people have seen her at the Met Gala. I think a lot of people think that Amber Heard has a lot of money, which she doesn't. Her net worth is estimated around like $500,000 today, and she definitely wasn't making a whole lot of money when she was married to Johnny, because I don't even know, when did she get the Justice League deal? Was that like towards the end of their relationship? I imagine that that was her, like, highest-paying gig to date. Well, not Justice League, but, like, the Aquaman and Aquaman 2 or whatever. Because before that, what was she in? She was in fucking, like, Pineapple Express, where she played a very, very minor role. She was just Seth Rogen's teenage girlfriend, and she isn't in a whole lot of that movie. She was in The Danish Girl, where, again, very minor role, and that's also a very small movie. She played a very minor role in Zombieland, where she was killed, like, in the scene that she was introduced. like. All of these different movies that Amber's in, there, are either like really small movies or they're slightly bigger movies with slightly larger budgets where she plays a very, very minor role. So what fucking money do people think that Amber Heard had? She's been at a disadvantage the entire time, not just in the relationship, but also in the like media and legal battles that have followed. She she doesn't have money to fight Johnny Depp constantly. And I think the fact that Johnny fired her prenup lawyer and fired her postnup lawyer has been so underrated in the overall discussions about this case, because the whole thing in Australia, Johnny says started because Amber was mad that he wanted a prenup or a postnup. And that's just really not true. He was the one that called her postnup lawyer, yelled at her, and then fired her on Amber's behalf. There's so much evidence that Amber was absolutely fine with getting a prenup or a postnup, but there's also evidence that Johnny wanted a prenup or a postnup only on his terms. Like he definitely seems like he eventually was agreeing to get some sort of agreement in place, but he would freak out whenever Amber would try to get representation to have a say in that agreement. And that is so coercive. And disgusting and abusive, and completely contradicts Johnny's story that Amber was just mad at him and cut off a tip of his finger because he wanted a post. Like, none of it makes sense. Johnny's story doesn't make sense. And the evidence that we have completely points to him being an abusive, controlling weirdo in their marriage. And I don't get how people can ignore that. Like, the clip I showed of Michelle Mulrooney or whatever the the postnap lawyer no one's reacting to it like no one no one seems to care that she just said in court testifying that Johnny fired her on Amber's behalf how does that not ring more alarm bells to people i even saw um one of the like little pop-ups from the super chats that legal legal bites was getting The commenter said like, oh, my God, Michelle is testifying that Johnny called about the postnup, proving that Amber and Johnny really were fighting about a post-nup agreement. And that proves Johnny's side. It's like, no, it doesn't, though, because even in Amber's testimony, she did say that Johnny was upset that she got a post-nup lawyer and that he called her lawyer and yelled at her. Amber said that in her own testimony. That doesn't contradict Amber's side at all, and it doesn't prove Johnny's side either. It just proves that Johnny was coercive and abusive. Like, I don't get the fucking mental gymnastics that people are performing to come to the conclusion that Amber Heard is a liar. And I didn't emphasize it because I feel like people should be able to join the dots together, but I did read the text exchange between Johnny and Nathan Holmes, right before the Australia incident where Johnny is freaking out on Nathan for implying that maybe he should do slightly less cocaine. And then like days later was asking Nathan to get him more cocaine and also get him the e-business, AKA ecstasy, AKA MDNA, the exact thing that Amber said he was doing at the beginning of the Australia incident. So like all of the evidence points to Amber's side. She says they were fighting over Johnny's drug use. Like, two days before that incident occurred, we have text messages from Johnny to his assistants asking him to get him more drugs. The exact drugs that Amber said that he was doing that she got upset over. Like, what? oh yeah. Oh, it's so stupid. I don't, even this whole thing about, like, did you even watch the trial? How did you come to the conclusion that Amber Heard was telling the truth? It's like, because... Even in the trial, even though there was a lot of evidence that was excluded, still the evidence that was presented was kind of compellingly in Amber's favor, you know? I mean, yeah, you can look at the testimonies of Johnny and Amber and say maybe that you believe Johnny Moore just based off body language and just off of vibes, but still... The fact that amber has witnesses saying like oh yeah we saw bruises on her she told us about this we knew that this was going on and she has a lawyer her a lawyer she had attempted to hire during their marriage say like yeah he fired me on amber's behalf and he called me a bitch and it was really scary and weird and i was intimidated like you're just gonna ignore all that how the fuck Get how you watched the entire trial and still came to the conclusion that Johnny wasn't abusive. Really, I I don't get it. If you watch the entire thing with without anyone else's commentary on it, without anyone else in your ear telling you, oh Amber heard looked down and that means that she's telling a lie, she's making this up, she's abusive and she's sociopathic. Like even if you don't have someone in your ear telling you that shit, you just watch the trial without any sort of outside influence, I still think, kind of still on Amber's side. Like, oh, this thing will never, never fail to shock me in how fucking dumb people acted. But so then, yeah, we move into Amber's Australia testimony. And that's like the one part that I decided to just play first, just her testimony without anyone else's reaction to it partially because i think that people just need to hear it without having someone else in their ear telling them what to think about it but also like i i just could not stomach the idea of watching a whole bunch of people react to that testimony because it is so sad and i i i don't like when i was editing it i was like crying because it is so emotional and it it's yeah, i yeah i don't i don't understand how people could be so fucking callous in the face of a story like that and to say that she was faking it too because they didn't see tears on her face first of all if you zoom in closely there are tears on her face they're not like falling out like super intensely but also different people cry differently and different different emotions look different on different people so that's still not it's just getting back into this body language analysis bullshit that is just pseudoscience but also people try to come for Amber and say that she's not a good actress or something. And I, I disagree in the way that I've seen her in multiple films and I didn't even remember that she was in them because she just blended into the film, you know? Like, I would I would find a poor performance somewhat memorable and I, I never thought anything of her performances whenever I saw her in movies. But it definitely seems like a contradiction to say that Amber is a shitty actor. And then... To see that testimony and say that she's lying in that because that is a very, very convincing performance for someone that is apparently not very good at their job. You know, I, I, I don't think that that's something that she could just pull off without there being some truth to it. And really, this entire thing about analyzing her body language and saying that she wasn't really crying or... She wasn't responding in the way that a real victim would. It's all bullshit in the pseudoscientific nature of it, but also on top of that, even if Amber was fake crying on that stand, that doesn't mean that what she was saying wasn't true. Because when you're on a stand like that, you you have to perform a little bit. Like, you're trying to convince people. And Just saying things matter-of-factly isn't always going to be the thing that convinces people. So yeah, maybe at some point she sort of turned the emotion up to try to get more people on her side. But you can't fucking tell me that Johnny Depp didn't do that too. Johnny, in his testimony, was putting on the fucking performance of a lifetime. Like anyone does when they're put in front of a jury, you... You're always performing. You're always aware of the fact that people are watching you and you want to behave in a way that's going to convince people that you're telling the truth. So even if she was kind of bullshitting a little bit in the way that she articulated her experiences, that doesn't mean that those experiences are inaccurate. But, you know, personally, I do think that she was genuinely emotional in that moment. And again, even if she wasn't, oh, well, the facts are still on her side. I, I don't care. But then I I went into some clips of other people reacting to it and oh, just stupid, stupid shit. Like the thing about, so one of them was if she, she said that she was slipping on glass and you don't slip on broken glass. You just cut your face. First of all, go put some broken glass on your floor on like a hardwood floor. Go try to walk on it. See if you don't slip a little bit as you cut yourself like that is a totally reasonable thing for someone to say that happened, that they were slipping on broken glass. And also, yes, she did say that she cut her her foot and Rocky Pennington testified and said, yeah, I saw the cuts on the bottom of her foot. And then that person was like, oh, why don't we have photos of that? Like, oh my God, do you want her to take a photo of every single fucking injury she's ever fucking had? That is so unreasonable, especially when the photos that she did provide, you've all decided are bullshit anyway. Like, it never would have been good enough for you in the first place. Why why do you think that she's going to take photos of her feet? She didn't even take photos from any of the injuries from that incident, or she might have taken some of her face. But, like, even the photos that we have of the cuts on her arm, those come from, like, red carpet photos from months after. And we know that those were there. But yeah, the the same cuts probably could have been seen on her feet if she had had her feet out in public during that time. But she didn't because they're her feet. And they're the bottom of her feet, too. Like, why do you think... That there should be some sort of photographic evidence of the bottom of her feet. Like, it's so stupid. And then he said, like, that makes you go to the hospital for surgeries for cuts on your feet? What are you talking about? Surgeries. He even said surgeries, plural. What? Surgery for cuts on your foot. And this is already such a stupid thing that people say about victims of domestic violence anyway. It's like, why didn't they go to the hospital? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? A lot of people don't go to the hospital for their injuries from a domestic violence incident. That's very, very common. And pushing that sort of rhetoric with Amber Heard has some implications for all domestic violence victims. So that's a stupid thing that we should be calling out in any case. But also in this specific instance, it's just dumb. You you really thought she was going to go to the hospital and have to get surgery on her foot because she got a couple fucking cuts from glass? What? And then Charlie, uh, aka Moist Critical, aka Penguin Zero or Penguin ZO—I don't know—he—he he was also his commentary was so stupid. And this to me falls more into that camp of like just fucking ignorant and just being dumb in the moment because he—he was contradicting Amber's account by being like, "Well, I don't get why Johnny got so mad at Amber for." smashing the bottle on the ground and then he starts throwing more bottles and wasting even more alcohol like charlie thought that the story amber was telling was one in which johnny started raging at her and started destroying things in the house because he was mad at her for wasting alcohol by throwing a bottle on the ground and that's stupid that's like one of the dumbest things i've ever heard to be honest Someone commented on the video and said "Um, people's comments discrediting her show me how people are uneducated about how abuse looks like. For example, anyone with training in IPV would not see inconsistencies with him getting mad at her for breaking the bottle and him later breaking bottles because it's not about the broken bottle. It's about her having the gall to challenge his authority over her. There is a reason more or less all organizations that support victims support Amber. They know what abuse looks like. And yeah, that's completely true. And then someone else commented, Charlie has some bad, bad takes sometimes. I guess being a streamer and talking for hours on end off the cuff means you're bound to say some stupid stuff, but he has had some clangers that I've seen. He doesn't seem like a terrible person, but not always the smartest. Maybe I'm being unfair. I've never really seen much of him. So what I've seen is the bad takes being repeated and scrutinized. And yeah, so my my concept of Charlie is that I think he is an intelligent person in a lot of ways. And I I do watch his videos from time to time. And I think that he's like reasonable. And yeah, I, I don't think that he's like a bad person. I don't think he's mean or cruel or anything. But I think the thing is, is that sometimes he just talks about stuff that he doesn't fucking know anything about. And this is one of those examples, because his whole commentary about the broken bottles to me sounds like the commentary of someone who just doesn't have any experience in dealing with someone who has severe anger issues. Because like that other comment that I just read points out, it's not about the broken bottle. It's about Amber standing up to Johnny and challenging his authority. That's what made him mad. And that's why he was able to throw more bottles because he doesn't care about wasting alcohol. Why the fuck does Charlie think it's about wasting alcohol? He seems like someone who is fairly sheltered. You know, someone who who doesn't have a whole lot of experience dealing with situations like this. So he's trying to think of it in like a logical way of like, why is Johnny upset about a broken bottle but then breaks even more bottles? And he's expecting Johnny to be reacting from some sort of logical mind, which he clearly wasn't. And if you were really listening to Amber's testimony, you would understand that the picture she's painting of Johnny is not that of a reasonable man. But then the video that really, really got me was fucking Emily D. Baker, who said the whole thing about, like, well, where was everyone? Where, Where's Jerry Judge? Where are the security people? Why why is this all happening to Amber and no one's around to see it? And she's talking about that, by the way, as Amber is recounting her story of being raped. And it, it's just, it's stupid. It's a dumb thing to say that I think that it's not even like dumb in the way that I think Charlie's commentary was dumb, where I think Charlie just doesn't have a lot of experience with people like Johnny who behave irrationally and whose actions you can't try to put into a logical framework. This is dumb in the way that I think that I think that she's lying, to be honest. Like, I don't think that she believes what she's saying because it's so stupid. Because if you really believe that Amber's story can't be true because all of these people should have seen her being assaulted and should have seen her being raped and stopped it, and that's what contradicts Amber's story to you, then Johnny's story also doesn't make any sense. Johnny says that Amber threw a bottle at him, which caused him to injure, like, the top of his finger. It cut it off. And then he didn't do anything about it for the entire night and didn't say anything to anyone until the next afternoon. And in that scenario, as he's going around writing things in his blood on like mirrors and lampshades, you could say the exact same thing. Where's Jerry Judge? Where's security? Where is everyone? There's so many people in this house, apparently, according to Emily. All these people that should have seen Amber getting raped but also just didn't notice that Johnny had cut off the tip of his finger and was writing on the walls. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. It is the most selective, biased logic that anyone could attempt, and I just don't think that Emily T. Baker is that dumb. There is just a level of scrutiny being put on Amber's side that's not being put on Johnny's that I can't help but see as somewhat intentional. Uh, Someone else commented, it annoys me that people are asking where the cuts on her feet are or why she doesn't have photos when there's proof her arms were injured, like she said, and it's still not enough for them. So even if she had photos of her feet, too, they'd say it's not enough. Amber did everything right. She did everything right, and people don't judge Johnny for not seeking medical attention right away or at all for some things. But when Amber does that, it's just too unlikely and unbelievable. And yeah, yeah, that that's... That's the story of this whole fucking thing. I mean, really, if you look into Johnny's allegations, they're all just responses to Amber's allegations. He doesn't actually have any sort of timeline of abuse in the way that Amber does. He just says things in response to what Amber's already claimed about him and says like, oh, no, actually, she was the first person to hit me that night. But he doesn't have any allegations that live independently of Amber's. And then everything else that he says is just that, oh, she was she nagged me all the time or she was always really clingy and following me from room to room. Like, it's all just very general stuff and not any very specific events. And then any specific events are just responses to Amber. Like any small amount of scrutiny that you put Johnny's claims under his his side just falls through. But people don't put his side under any amount of scrutiny. Especially the the thing with the finger, too. I don't get how everyone has just fallen for this idea that Amber threw a bottle at Johnny and cut off the tip of his finger and cut it off. Like, if you look at the fucking photos of the injury on his finger, which I couldn't show on the YouTube video because I'm pretty sure that YouTube just wouldn't let me because it is pretty graphic. But I'm sorry, there's no fucking way that that's how it happened. There's just no way. How... How could the glass go through that deep in one throw from a bottle that just broke off? Like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. And if people would just fucking try to use the same logic that you're applying to Amber's story and being like, well, how could she slip on glass if if there were glass? Like, pretty easily. How? Could she cut Johnny's finger by just throwing a bottle at him? Like, cut the tip of his finger completely off. It doesn't make any sense. And even the medical notes from the hospital that he was getting his finger treated at made a note of, like, he said that he he cut it off like cutting onions or something, but it doesn't really look like that. It looks like more of something that was made with a crushing mechanism. Like, oh, my God, kind of like what Amber said, that he was crushing his hand on this phone up against a wall that makes more sense. Amber's side has always made more fucking sense. <sighs> I hate it. All right, but I'll I'll close this off by just talking about the um, audio recordings because I do think that those recordings are kind of the thing that fucked Amber. Because yeah, I she she comes across kind of bad in a lot of them, especially the one where she is admitting to hitting Johnny and saying like oh, I didn't punch you, you fucking baby. As I point out in the video, that. That is a very small clip of an entire audio recording that we still don't have the full recording of, but we do have transcripts from it, like from court documents. So I definitely think these are like legitimate transcripts from an audio recording that someone in the court listened to, but we, for some reason, don't have the full thing. And I don't know. I mean, okay, part of the reason that the audio recordings are so deceptive is that they all come from Johnny's team. Like, he's the one who made a majority of those recordings. They all come from, like, the very end of the relationship. So that is something to keep in mind for everything that you hear, is that Amber is acting that way after years of behavior that she had been alleging of abuse from Johnny. So you're not seeing Amber in, like, the best place mentally. You are seeing her being very, very reactive because she has been dealing with this for a long, long time. And again, all of these recordings or most of these recordings are recorded by Johnny. Do you think that him holding a fucking recording, holding a phone, recording Amber, is going to be acting in those audio recordings the exact same way that he would be if he were not on record? No, you're seeing or you're hearing things Where Amber, of course, is going to come across as, like, the unreasonable one because Johnny knows he's being recorded. Amber doesn't know every single time that those recordings are taking place. I don't know exactly which one she was aware of and which she wasn't, but there are definitely recordings where Johnny is recording her without her knowledge. So, yeah, Johnny comes across more reasonable in those recordings than Amber does. That, That makes a whole lot of sense when you think about the circumstances of the recordings already. But also... All of the clips that people have heard are short clips taken from hours of footage. Like, some of these recordings are like four hours within themselves, and there's multiple of those types of recordings. A lot of them are like over an hour long. So the jury is just hearing these clips where Amber maybe does appear to be the bad one, even though there are also a whole bunch of clips that were presented to the jury where Johnny is being pretty obviously verbally and emotionally abusive and also not denying being physically abusive. Like, yeah, sure, you can have this clip of Amber saying that she hit Johnny. There are also clips where Amber accuses Johnny of beating the shit out of her and he doesn't contradict her. There are recordings where she accuses him of throwing a cigarette at her face and putting putting cigarettes out on her skin. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff where Amber is alleging physical abuse in those recordings that Johnny does not fight. And that other people just ignore as like, oh, he just decided not to challenge her, accusing him of beating the shit out of her and kicking her while she's on the floor. Like, okay, fine. But the larger point that I would like to make that I didn't make in the video because it was already so long, but something that I think is important about this audio footage is that if you listen to all of it, Amber does get riled up more easily than Johnny does. Again, he's the one that's recording, so that's kind of expected. But even while she's yelling and seeming kind of unreasonable and seeming very emotionally reactive to things, at least when you listen to the whole thing, you can track Amber's logic. Like you can see what she's upset about and why she's responding in a certain way, even if the way that she's responding is inappropriate and not good. It makes logical sense for how she got there. When Johnny is upset with Amber, it usually doesn't make sense. Like, I played the clip of the whole thing where he was arguing with her about how she had asked him if he was going to make something a priority, and or I don't even remember. See, the thing is, it's like, I can't even remember what the fuck he was upset about because it didn't make any sense. She had said something to him, and he just didn't like the way that she phrased it, and it was such a nitpicky, weird thing, and even when he's explaining it at a couple times... He's almost contradicting himself where it's like, okay, well, I almost think the way that you're saying that she should have phrased it would be worse than the way that she actually phrased it. But whatever, it doesn't matter. It didn't need to make sense. He was just picking a fight with her. It's pretty clear in a lot of this stuff that he's just picking fights with her. It doesn't matter what she says. He's going to get mad regardless. And the same thing. When he's recording her in the conversations after she files for divorce and they're talking about the divorce and they're talking about all the stuff with the lawyers and shit, they'll go from having like a kind of civil conversation where Amber is just explaining her side and so is Johnny and things maybe start to get a little heated, but they're still at least like listening to each other. And then suddenly something will happen where he'll just snap and he'll be like, well, I guess you just want to go to court then. I guess you just don't want to figure this out at all. You just want the lawyers to do everything. It's like in, in those situations, I'm like, I can't figure out what it is that set him off. Like they're having this conversation for a while where they're responding to each other somewhat reasonably, at least to a degree where I can see what both of their sides are. And then suddenly he just snaps and it's like, you know what? Never mind. We're just going to go to court and fight it out. And you're going to regret it. It's like, what are you talking like? How did this get here? I don't understand. And that is the thing about the abuse that Amber was facing is that, yes, she was definitely very emotional and definitely very reactive in an unproductive, unhealthy way that is maybe indicative of some toxic behaviors that she has. But I could at least see her as reasonable. And I I could at least see her as someone that like, if you were having a fight with her, there's some way to deescalate. Because you would understand what she was upset about and you would know what to address. Whereas with Johnny, she must have just been walking on eggshells all the time. Because there's no telling what's going to set him off. There's no telling what is going to make him upset and what is going to calm him down. And as someone commented, um, someone said, she tries active listening and iMessages. Never noticed that before. So iMessages are like when when you're trying to communicate your feelings and you say something like, I feel like this, or I didn't like it when this, instead of saying something that's really accusatory. And that is a very productive way to handle any sort of conflict that you have with anyone, especially like an intimate partner situation. Instead of being accusatory and saying like, you did this, you suck, I hate you. Just saying like, oh, when you did this, it made me feel like this. You know, great. We love that. And yeah, Amber does do that a lot in these conversations, especially towards like the end and towards, um, like if they're having a fight, sometimes shit will start to get kind of out of control. And then she'll come back and she'll be like, okay, I'm sorry. I just felt like you were saying this and I didn't like it. It's like, Amber is at least trying, you know, maybe not always being successful and maybe not always handling things in the best way, but it's clear, especially too, if you, if you look at her therapy notes with Dr. Cowan, She was making an effort to try to take the things that she was learning in therapy and things that she was reading about because she also, um, one of the reasons that, I don't remember which therapist it was. It was either Dr. Banks or Dr. Anderson, but one of them, she contacted them because she read one of their books and that's very clear. And she's also talked with Dr. Bonnie Jacobs about like reading stuff about alcoholics and um that sort of behavior and enabling addiction, yada, yada. It's like Amber is reaching out and looking for solutions and trying to apply them. And that is pretty consistently clear throughout this relationship. And it just never worked. She, she tries using I statements. She tries speaking really calmly. She tries active listening. She tries to be compassionate toward Johnny's feelings. And nothing makes a difference. So, of course, when you hear Amber calling Johnny a baby and saying, I didn't punch you, I hit you, it sounds really bad. But also, there are so many other moments where she's trying things differently, where she's trying to be really compassionate and understanding and is trying to stay calm. And it doesn't matter. I mean, what else was she supposed to do? And that's also clear, too, when Johnny is complaining that Amber went to Coachella after their fight, even though he had already left the fucking house. Like, he complains when... She doesn't let him get distance between the two of them after a fight. And he says that she's clingy and she follows him around from room to room and she won't let him like just take time to like cool off. But then in an instance in which they have a fight, he leaves and then she's like, "Okay, well, I'll just go to Coachella with my friends and gives him days to cool off because she's at a festival having fun without him. He's then mad again. It's like she literally couldn't do anything To make him not angry with her. And so that is such necessary context when you're hearing her being a fucking bitch in those recordings. It's like, well, what else was she supposed to do? She tried being nice. It didn't work. Anyway, there's a lot more that I could say, but I'm going to leave it at that for now and go back to trying to find fucking tweets from Adam Waldman. But if you have some favorite tweets from Adam, feel free to send them to me. And reach out with anything else that you think should be included in the the coming two chapters of this saga. Uh, And then, I guess, bye for now.